As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Shamrock presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Matt Fortuna. It's a purely uh, West Coast time zone podcast here. Ah. I'm atop Stanford Stadium uh, following Notre Dame's 45-14 blowout of Stanford, which frankly was not as close as that. Um, <laughs> Matt is, a, am assuming, an undisclosed Marriott property in Corvallis, Oregon. Or- Courtyard Corvallis, baby. Beautiful yeah. downtown Corvallis. After covering two Pac-12 games uh, in the last two days, yes. um, a hero's work out there to cover what you watched. Um, <laughs> but this is a Notre Dame podcast, so we'll save your Apple Cup takes for another time. Notre Dame sitting at 11-1, and one, entering the postseason. Brian Kelly said they're one of the best four teams in the country because what else is he going to say? Um, ultimately, it comes down to this. There are four spots. And six teams, maybe five and a half teams, depending on what you think of Alabama at this point, um, and assuming they lose to Georgia, that are under consideration. I'm of the mind that Brian Kelly is probably going to be proven wrong that Notre Dame won't make the playoff, which is unfortunate in some ways because I, I think it takes away from the best coaching job that he's done here in season with the amount of in-season improvement, figuring out late Lindsay and Austin, figuring out how to improve tackling, figuring out how to fix the offensive line, uh, figuring out how to play a pass coverage without Kyle Hamilton. And then, you know, to really just kick the crap out of people in November, I realized the competition dropped off a cliff, but they made some poor teams look like, they should consider shutting down football. Um, so it's, I, you know, the, I phrased the question this way intentionally to Brian Kelly, how were, wherever you end up, how will it impact how you view the season? And he says, you know, it's really not going to make a difference. And I'm in complete agreement on that. This was, this is a very good and at times great Notre Dame season for what it was at the beginning and where it is now. Will that be good, good enough to make the playoff? I doubt it, but, um, I think that it's it, it should not take away from the job that the staff and this program did. Completely agree. I, you know, I, I, I actually am a little surprised 
he, he, I don't know if you'd say campaign, but he did say, I think we're one of the four best teams. He just never really goes down that road, really. I mean, even I remember back in the BCS days in 2012, he was like, yeah, you know, I voted Alabama one, Oregon two, and us three, because like they've been there before and we, you know, haven't earned it yet. Like he, he always is super, super, super diplomatic in those kinds of settings. So it was a pleasant surprise to hear him, you know, say as much. And, um, you know, I agree with everything he said. I agree with everything you said. I mean, just, I mean, what a remarkable season what a remarkable coaching job regardless of whether they're playing uh, in the Fiesta Bowl or in a playoff semifinal um, 11 and one I mean you know we could have a whole like segment on old takes exposed probably of <laughs> Shamrock this year but I do specifically remember like our season preview podcast we all thought 10 and 2 but the way they're coming out of camp like 11 and 1 wouldn't surprise me um Definitely. Unfortunately, the way they came out of September, we're like, well, yeah, time, for, say, time went, for a reevaluation. It, it went the other way in September. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't like, you know, and even with our midseason one, I'm like, well, they, they got at least another loss in them with the way they played so far. I mean, here's a crazy stat, and we talked about this a little bit. They had one starting quarterback the whole season for all that controversy or almost controversy, forced controversy. Um, like Jack Cohn went wire to wire doesn't happen a whole lot at this place well i mean it's um, what three straight years that's happened with two different players but yeah no i mean it, it just it doesn't happen a lot that yeah. often um and i think that's the way you know if, if you said that before the season because that was a big thing right like oh when's Butner gonna play when's Butner gonna play it's like well if he's playing it's probably not such a good situation for Notre Dame right now that means Cone's not working out and in the first half of the season yep there was argument to be made both ways like all right they're getting him a lot more work oh wait cone Due in large part to this offensive line at the time, just like isn't the quarterback for this offense right now. They need to change it up. Um, but it's worked out pretty damn well, um, I think, for everybody. Um, 11 and 1, only losses to a team that hopefully makes the playoff, assuming they beat Houston next week. That is Cincinnati. Um, and now, I mean, we're, we're, we all, we're play out these scenarios. Uh, it looked like Peach, right? If Cincinnati didn't make the playoff. Yeah. And now Cincinnati now, yep. is either Cincinnati is either going to make the playoff or Notre Dame is going to make the playoff. Like I would it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where they both miss. I mean it, it could happen, but it's unlikely. Yeah, short of Cincinnati losing to Houston, that's unlikely. Um but I mean we're because of today, today's events, like, hey, you want to play Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl? Turns out to come becomes, hey, do you want to play Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl? Which um no. I think that that will probably be Michigan State. I mean, really, same I, record, and Ohio State beat them by forty nine points. Well, I'm I would say Ohio State is going to the Rose Bowl, not oh, Iowa. Over Iowa, okay. Over yeah, Iowa, maybe. and then maybe. Michigan State becomes Big Ten number three. Big Ten number three goes to the Fiesta Over Bowl. I, maybe a matchup be, with Notre Dame could be Iowa in there too. Could you know? It also could be Ole Miss in the Fiesta Bowl. If that'd be fun. If Georgia goes to playoff, Alabama misses, drops down to the Sugar Bowl. Ole Miss is high enough to go to a, a New Year's Six game, probably the Fiesta Bowl. So it's um, I do think like, look, the odds of Notre Dame making the playoff like they're not minute. Like there's still a, a a decent chance Notre Dame will make it. They're one of six teams that goes in the last yeah. season with a chance. Like that, like that's six like teams, four slots. Chance. That's a real. Chance. Oh yeah. It's, uh, you know, is, is it less than 50%? Yes. yes. Um, but there's a chance. And, but even if they, they miss it now, I think you're sort of getting into a spot where Notre Dame, 
before is like, ah, you know, do you really want to watch Notre Dame in the Peach Bowl against Wake Forest and or Pittsburgh? You do not. Um, but that's not going to happen now. So it because of Cincinnati going to the playoff, most likely, you know, Notre Dame will either get a chance to validate everything in the playoff, maybe against Georgia, which, you know, we'll see what that validation looks like. Or if they end up in a New Year's Six game, which I think would be disappointed, you know, the way that the program is talking about it right now, still the opponent you're going to get is going to be much more likely to be a name brand power five team, um, not kind of a one-off. So that's, there's just like one way or the other, there's, there's still a lot to look forward to with Notre Dame season. Um, and that that's a change from, you know, where we were a couple of weeks ago where you're like, hey, you know, are they going to drop down out of the New year six? Are they going to go to New year six and play wake or pit? No, it's, it, it should be something very good either way. Um, you know, but it's like, I think one of the the real developments of the season is like, remember in September and October where like watching Notre Dame, like it was a little bit dreadful at times. Like, oh, it was brutal. The it, first was, it was every game. Like, it's like, oh, here we go again. It's, it's, it's like, beat. yeah, stre- they were just like a stress ball. Um, you saw it like from the press box. You certainly saw it on social media. And I think for, for Notre Dame to sort of turn that all the way around where the fan base is like, probably can't wait to see them play again. That is a total change from where we were six, seven weeks ago. I mean, forget the coaching part of it. Like I think just the fan base has fallen for this team in a way that like you just did not feel coming at all. Certainly not after Wisconsin, not after Cincinnati, probably not even against after USC in North Carolina, but here we are on November 27th. uh, We record this and I mean, I, I think this is a team that the fan base has really gotten behind, which I just, man, I I did not feel those, you know, warm and cuddly vibes six, seven weeks ago. No, it's a great point. I mean, when's whenever, at least in the Brian Kelly era, have has their regular season ended, whether it's at Sanford or at USC, we're talking like this, and we don't know exactly where they're going. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's always like, you knew yeah. they were in or out of the playoff. Last year, they obviously had the AC title game, but you knew whether they were in or out of the playoff. And you knew whether they were in or out of a New York Six, New York Six Bowl. Like, you knew they were that the 15 team was going to go somewhere good. You knew a 19 that, you know, they were. Things did because, not look good. Yeah. For you knew, like, six. it, it yeah. was like going to be like a Seuss, I hate to say Seuss Fest, but like it was going to be an underwhelming postseason location for the majority of Notre Dame fan base, or majority of Notre Dame fans. And now, there's intrigue on that front because we have no idea what the hell is going to happen seven days from now, which is going to dictate everything. And even when we do watch what happens, um, you know, we, we go to bed Saturday night not knowing what the committee is going to unveil Sunday morning. Um, you know, if Bama loses, if Oklahoma State loses, like, okay, we're actually going to see a group of five team in the, in the playoff. We're actually going to see Notre Dame against Alabama for this fourth and final spot. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite-free. You see this? 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Are we going to finally see uh, Jim Harbaugh win something? I mean, there's, we just there's, did. There's, there's plenty of intrigue coming next Saturday. No, Finally, saying, did you yeah. not see what happened today? <laughs> no, I don't know. What happened? Did they win? Did they beat, did they beat somebody? Here's, here's a good one. A fair <clears throat> question. And Nerding fans might not like it. Co- National Coach of the Year, Jim Harbaugh or Brian Kelly? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Respect Brian I mean, Kelly's best coach job. Yeah, you got to give it to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Harbaugh because, like, Kelly was not coaching under any pressure of, like, being Correct. dismissed. Correct. Um, and you know, the no job, one saw like, this coming. No one. J- what Brian, what Jim Harbaugh did this year is much closer to what Brian Kelly did in 2017. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, exactly what it yeah. is. And that's why that just doesn't happen. This is the only other time I've ever seen that happen. Yeah, I mean, it's for, for shame for Notre Dame fans that they can no longer say that they've uh, Notre Dame has made more conference championship games than Michigan. Now it's tied one. Still did one. it first. Still, yeah, did first. still did first in one try. And but, look, um, I, Iowa could win that game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, Iowa could upset Michigan. That's reasonable. Baylor is down to a freshman quarterback because their starters, I believe, out for the year. Um, I did not see that. I saw so that one early, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, they they started a freshman today, so the, beating Oklahoma State becomes a, a little bit tricky. Now, Cincinnati, they seem to sort of figured it back out again. Um, they're playing better lately. They are. Houston this, is good, though. This could be the toughest test, though. Yeah, at least in Houston is good. Um, and frankly, I don't know. SMU may stink based on the way that their season has gone. Um, well, so the coach literally has been out the door for I don't right. know how long he's unofficially been out the door, but he's officially out the door this week. And so. I, you know, we were having a debate in the press box here. To me, Alabama has lost the benefit of the doubt on the two loss going over a one loss at large team at this point. Like at some point, you have to be like, wait a minute, Auburn is not good. And LSU fired its coach. And Arkansas is kind of one-dimensional. And you struggled with all three of those teams. You haven't played that well since October when you beat Tennessee. Um, I, I think at this point, Alabama, they either have to lose on a walk-off field goal or they have to win the game to go over Notre Dame to the college football playoff. I'm still not there yet. I mean, I understand everything you said. And I don't dismiss it. Um, one, I just think it's you know it's like a bias thing. Like I'll believe it when I see it. I'll, I'll yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Dismiss Bama when they finally do it. Two, I think you know, as it looked like they were going to lose today, um, they're still going to the. They were going to the SEC championship game whether they won or lost today. And if they beat Georgia as a two loss team, they were going to get in. So I didn't think that loss. Would, like obviously, I would think less of their chances to beat Georgia had they lost to Auburn. You're correct. But you win the SEC title and you beat the number one team in the country by doing it. I don't care if you have five losses, you're getting it. <laughs> um, that's going to happen in the 12-team playoff. Just get get ready for that with the SEC. Um, but I don't – you know, you look, I don't know if you saw like the post game, like Nick Saban on the field. They said like – the first question was, what do you think of that? And he just like – he was the giddiest I've ever seen him. He was literally laughing out loud. Like, And he's been this way – pretty much after every game this year, win or lose. And like, to me, like 
that's a coach who knows this team is, and, and again, this could be looked at either way in the committee's eyes. To me, that's the coach of a team who knows that this team doesn't hold a candle to some of his previous teams, particularly last yep. year's teams, but they keep finding a way to get it done week after week. And as a coach, you know, Brian Kelly would be the first to say, particularly with this team, like that's what's really enjoyable. That's why they get into this business, yada, yada, yada. Um, the, the, they're not blowing people out the way they used to. They don't have any like go-to signature win the way they used to. Although when you look at the landscape, I don't know who has a, what, what's a signature win anymore, right? Like Michigan over Ohio State today, I guess. But like, not too many programs. Cincinnati has one at, at Notre Dame. Not too many programs have signature wins. Like Georgia doesn't have a signature win in my mind. And like obviously they're the best team in the country, but like that Clemson wins like not like a national yeah, that's... statement. Um, so I just think the depth of the SEC top to bottom, you look at the teams they've beaten, you know, none of them are great, but again, like Auburn, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, even LSU, every single team in the SEC West finished 500 or better this year. And Alabama beat all of them except for Texas A&M. Um, Tennessee finished seven and five. Alabama beat them pretty thoroughly. So, I just if, if it comes down to them or Notre Dame, I'll be very curious to see because if it's a one possession game against Georgia, like I, I just have a hard time seeing that committee knowing the way that they have operated for what eight years now, saying, you know what? Notre Dame had off this week. We're gonna punish the team that just played an extra game and almost beat the number one team in the country. Like I just and I know the records won't be identical, but I I don't know. I mean they definitely look a lot more human after today than they did before today. But I, I don't know. I'll be very curious to see what they do with that. And a completely separate conversation, assuming they do lose to Georgia, I have no idea who the hell is going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Because it was oh, yeah. it was him you or C.J. Stroud. Yeah, you run our Heisman poll. C.J. Stroud was, was, was <clears throat> the, like whatever the opposite of even – or given money. He was given money. Like, he was like the runaway favorite going into that A. And Bryce was right behind him. And Bryce will probably be favorite after today, but after next week, not so sure. Yeah, no, it's um, it's been as fun of a college football season as I think that we've enjoyed for some time. I mean, you think about like how many stories were written about like Alabama Clemson fatigue uh, in the last 24 months, last 12 months. I mean, it's overwhelming. Um, and this season has been such a breath of fresh air and I think, for, you know, from even even Notre Dame is a breath of fresh air, even if it's been very good for the last five years. And there's a good segue into, like, why that is. I mean, some of it is the job Tommy Reese has done. A lot of it is the job Marcus Freeman has done. Um, and I think both of these coordinators will be in very high demand this offseason. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to sort of hear Brian Kelly talk about, like, he used the term sieve to describe Notre Dame's tackling in September. Um, you know, when he talked to about the job Reese has done to to get more, if not the most, out of Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsay when they absolutely have to had have had to have it. I mean, how many times in the last few seasons have we talked about Notre Dame's coordinating pair being kind of like either you know Brian Kelly wouldn't trade them for anybody else or maybe they just really are one of the best in the country, if not the best. I mean, we certainly did it with Chip Long and Clark Lee when they were here. Yeah, I, I don't think that they established them stuff, established enough for it to be like a Mike Elko, Chip Lee, but like, here we are again. 
And I, I would argue that, you know, Reese and Freeman are doing as well of a job in tandem as, as coordinators as, as anybody in the country. Agree completely. Um, yeah, we, we, we did it with Chip and Clark a couple of years ago. I'm more than comfortable doing it with these guys right now because when you look at what they've had to work with and how much tinkering they've had to do on the fly, whether it was Tommy Reese learning how to run the offense while the offense line wasn't really ready for primetime just yet, whether it was Marcus Freeman implementing a new system, taking a lot of early lumps, and then basically doing it without his top five draft pick for the entire second half of the year on top of the number of linebacker injuries they've had. It's been damn impressive. It's why you bring up Elko. I mean, Clark Lee, the in-between guy of Brian Kelly's coordinators, is now a head coach of Vanderbilt. I mean, I, I could see Elko and Freeman both getting uh, that Virginia Tech job or a number of other yeah. openings right now. Um, and but, but, you know, by the time you wake up and listen to this podcast, I don't even want to know what's out there as far as a coaching circuit because it's already been I the could, craziest. Because every, every, every head coaching search update, the only news is coach says he's staying. Yeah. Lincoln Riley, um, James Franklin, Clawson, Jonathan Smith, Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker, um, Aranda, yeah, Aranda, right? Aranda is there too. I mean, I don't. Uh, Matt Campbell is sort of the only one who hasn't. Um, at Him this and point. Uh, Billy Napier, yeah, yeah. So it's there are there are too many jobs to be filled and not enough head coaching candidates to do them. I thought them. it was I thought it was like that before these extensions. Like I just thought there are too many good jobs and us. Yeah qualified up-and-comers out there and now shoot some of these guys are going to be getting their sixth or seventh choice probably like it's just it's like you know washington state i was there last night and tonight they announced dickert's keeping the job like that was a no-brainer like it's washington state it might be the hardest power five job in the country you just found a coach who's normal unlike your last two head coaches who wants to be there who wants to be there who's 38 and who just led you to a 27 point win in a rivalry game you had one in almost a decade like that's a no-brainer and he probably isn't breaking the bank for you either. Um, that's a no-brainer. Um, you know, Jerry Kill reportedly going into New Mexico State today. I mean, it's New Mexico State, so I don't know what. Not really option. moving the needle for me well, on that one. Just like you know, Jim Moore going to UConn. Like, uh, I raised my eyebrows at the one, and I thought, well, it's UConn. It's like, who could UConn hire? Where I'd be like, that's a great hire, UConn. Like, like maybe Jim Mora. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe if Tommy Reese or Marcus were like, I really want to be a head coach. I can't wait to get out of here, and I'll take any job, no matter what it pays. But they're not that stupid. Um, no. So there, there are very few that have moved the needle so far, and we'll see how that unfolds in the uh, in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of hours, probably at this point. I mean, the, the carousel has been absolutely silly, and like you know, the season, you know, the the Alabama Clemson fatigue that you mentioned, um, and and what a crazy season this is, and the comparisons to 2007. I mean, there was a point tonight where I'm in the Oregon press box, and you know, Alabama's down ten nothing, and they can't do anything, and it looks like for sure they're going to lose this game, and all of a sudden, like all the Oregon writers and myself included were just like doing the math. Like, wait, like, is there a way Oregon can play the way that like, like everything you thought was like done a week ago is undone this week. And the same thing happened, you know, in 07 Alabama or now LSU lost their last regular season game of the season uh, of that year. That was their second loss. And they ended up being the number one team in the BCS poll. And they ended up winning it all. Ohio state looked left for dead when they lost a November home game to Illinois that year. Juice Williams. Yeah, I had to get Juice Williams' name in there. Anytime you can talk about Juice Williams in the Rose Bowl line, you got to do it. But, like, you thought they were done. They were not done because everyone else lost. And there's a week of, I think, what, 16 teams are playing next week on the FPS level. 
crazy stuff can still happen. And that crazy stuff looks a little more likely to happen, at least in Notre Dame's favor, talking tonight than it did earlier this morning. Because I didn't think Wisconsin, or excuse me, Ohio State on the fast track, whether it was against Iowa or whether it was against Wisconsin, did not like the idea of them losing that, especially assuming they would have beaten Michigan in this scenario. Now, like Michigan's going to be favored and they'll probably win, but like I was pretty damn good too. Um, that's going to be a throwback, different Big Ten title game than I think a lot of us have been used to seeing over the last four or five years. SEC, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't know how the hell that BAM offense line is going to hold up against Georgia, but you know, they they've got that Saban um, voodoo over Kirby Smart, who always finds a way to make a stupid, rash coaching decision <laughs> to snatch victory from the jaw or defeat from the jaws of victory when he's playing Nick Saban as do a lot of former Saban assistants and guys who are trying to prove themselves against him. So we'll see that again. I mean, there's no Georgia's in no matter what Georgia can forfeit the game and they're still getting in at this point. So um, there's no pressure on them in this one other than to eliminate Alabama. And then um, yeah, big 12. I mean, Oklahoma state has answered the bell every single week this season. Um, None of it would have mattered in their fan base's mind if they didn't win tonight, and they did it. And they don't have to deal with Oklahoma again. And the Big 12 doesn't have to crown Oklahoma as champion for the would have been seventh straight year. I mean, that's another one. You know, Alabama. What a huge win for the Big 12. A feel good story if there ever was one. I mean, Ohio State won four straight Big Ten titles. They're now in the Big Ten title game. Clemson won six straight ACC titles. They're now in the ACC title game. Oklahoma won six straight Big 12 titles. They're now in the Big 12 Howie. Oregon is the only one now, right? They're going for their third straight against a team that just smoked them a week ago. Like it's almost like, so much... it's almost like winning is hard. Is, has anyone ever said that before? It's fun. Every time you say that, I laugh because when I was an intern at the Altoona Mirror, we were covering me and my boss, Corey Geiger, who still covers Penn State. And I'm going on a tangent here, but I have to. We were in Erie covering a, a I think it was the Erie Bay, not Erie Bay, whatever the Erie minor league team was. They're part of the Lions then. And we were reading a, a lead in the newspaper there. And the lead was winning is hard. And Corey, my boss, turns to me. I'm like 19 at the time. He's like, Matt, if you ever leap in, write a lead like this again, like <laughs> go, go find another profession. And I always like, I still, anytime I see that a coach that or anything, I, I text it to him and we joke about that. So, but it is true. I just wouldn't, um, I wouldn't write it as the, the first word of a story. I'm asking athletic subscribers to take out the credit card. No, <laughs> even on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, all right, let, let's say Notre Dame makes the playoff. Who do you want to see them match up against? Like what, what is most interesting to you? Do you want to, do you want to see them go against Georgia? Because like, how do you measure the distance between you and the mountain type? You, you figure out who's at the top. Do you want to see them going against Michigan? Because you would be just drunk and drowning in storylines with Jim Harbaugh. Um, do, do you want to see a rematch with Cincinnati? Not really. I think that's the one we can cross off. I would. Um, you really would? Eh, I don't know if I would. Um, but, but I mean, that oh, would show that would like 
we've seen with our own eyes how much they've grown since then. Now right. you get a chance to prove it. You right, get to undo, undo the only bad thing you've done this year. Yeah, you can unwind that. Oklahoma State, not sure if there's a whole lot of juice for that. Um, and then there, there's no way they can face Alabama. Um, I don't I don't see how that would possibly work. But um, well, I mean, uh, you put if me Bama, down for if Bama wins, will they be one? They have the same record, and they would have beaten Georgia. Could be. They could, could be. play them, right? If Bama were to win, Bama could be one. And then Notre Dame would be four. If yeah. the other guys screw up. Yeah, I'm not I mean, sure I if it, I need, you know, that's actually the game I want to see the least is Alabama because I've, I've covered <laughs> I that. I think that's covered that already. Notre Dame fans want to see the least too. I've covered that already. Um, <laughs> but I mean, look, Notre Dame, to, my choice would be if you can somehow get me to a Notre Dame Michigan semifinal. That would that would break the internet, um, and I I would be all for that. Um, Brands win championships. Yeah, I mean that's that would just that would be an incredible scene. Um, and I think unlike Clemson in eighteen, Alabama last year, Alabama in twenty twelve, like it would be the first time Notre Dame would go into that level of postseason play believing it could win, um, not hoping it could win or certainly go into the game with other people believing they could win. Um, they have not, they've not entered the postseason with sort of the wind at their back. Um, they would in that, in that reality. So that it would be interesting to me to sort of see how they handle that, how, how they would handle having an experience advantage over somebody. They're always running right. into teams that know better how to handle it than they do. You know, if you're running into Cincinnati or Oklahoma state or Michigan, like they don't know what the hell they're doing on that stage. Um, you know, Notre Dame knows what to do, what not to do. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I feel like Notre Dame would match up pretty well. I'm not saying that they would be favored, but it would be a completely different animal than what they've dealt with the last three times they've been at that level of, of postseason. Absolutely. I mean, every team you mentioned outside of Alabama, and I mean, Georgia, they play, but not in the postseason. It's like a new, cool, sexy matchup. And frankly, that's also why even if they don't make the playoff there's a lot of intrigue around their postseason destination because they're still going to be playing a really good team probably and frankly they have not played a whole lot of really good teams since really right. outside of Cincinnati this year and it's going to be in a major bowl game and there are going to be stakes and it's going to be fun because it's going to be a true measuring stick game like it's not if Alabama miss, loses to Georgia and misses the playoff I don't even think Alabama fans are going to get excited for their New Year's Six game. You know what I mean? Like, that's a disappointment. If Notre Dame just misses the playoff by just missing the playoff, like, not by, like, losing and playing their way out, right? there's still excitement about what be they're more playing like, for. It'll be more like A&M last year, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there was some bitterness. There was, well, not some bitterness. There was a lot of bitterness that they missed the playoff, but they got up for the game against North Carolina. Uh, and I think ultimately they can sort of put it on them by the end of it. Um, uh, Car- Carolina's entire roster declared for right, the draft and didn't play for it. Led with ten minutes left, but hey. But I would just think I would think that Notre Dame would be fully invested in wherever they end up in the yes. postseason. Like, are you going to have Kyle Hamilton? Probably not. Are you going to have Kyron Williams? Yeah, we'll. See. I mean, I think it's up up for discussion. Hopefully that you still would. But other than that. Um, it seems like it to me that it would be a good launching point for next year. You know, at, at this point, I, my hunch is that they, the majority of guys will come back that are, have decisions to make, including Foskey and Patterson. Um, 
And at that point, what happens in the bowl game really can be a bit of a launching point for, you know, where the team goes in 2023. Um, so that there's, you know, not only real stakes, but I, I feel like sort of a real chance to, to put down a marker for, for 2022. Michigan would be the most, the best, to, to your earlier question, oh, the most. Yes. The two winningest programs of all time, I think, or at some point they were before sanctions. And just the rivalry, Harbaugh, every big game Harbaugh's been in, and to a lesser extent, every big game Brian Kelly's been in at Notre Dame, at least at the playoff stage, they just get bombarded with questions about when to win the big one or when will you get over the hump. And someone's going to get over the hump in that game. Yes. <laughs> and the other guys, the other guys are never going to hear the end of it. To say nothing of like the actual rivalry between these two schools and how cool it would be to see those two schools play on that stage. So that would be the most intriguing one for me, but all of them for different reasons are intriguing because you just don't get them a lot. I mean, when the hell is Notre Dame ever going to play Oklahoma State? Have they ever played Oklahoma State? I think that might be a first-time first time matchup. That, that, that would be fun. It's not really on my list of games that I, I wanted to ever see, but um, I don't, as I flip through the, the media guide here, I, yeah, that's that would be a first time. You get the Tiger King as honorary captain. It'd be great. Yeah. Could be. Um, uh, Georgia's, I wouldn't say they're the least interesting, but because they're like the dominant team this year and because recruiting, they're just like a different machine than really everyone in the country right, right. now, not just Notre Dame. I feel like at least the preparation and anticipation and coverage and all that, you know, fun stuff leading up to it would resemble all the past Notre Dame games. It could. I mean, it's certainly the one that's closest to that, right? I mean, it's not hard to imagine a scenario where like, oh, okay, maybe Notre Dame's offensive line didn't take this massive step forward. Like it's better, but like Georgia exposed that it's right. It's just pretty good now opposed to like, but like Georgia still hasn't won a title. So like they still have like that hanging over them and they're going right. to have that hanging over them until they beat it, beat until they win it all. Like I, I specifically remember, you know, we, everyone thought Georgia was going to kill Notre Dame in 19 and they won by six in a game where Notre Dame has the ball, the chance to win at the Correct. last possession. And Kirby smart on CBS. One of the first things he said was like, yeah, that, I don't know why that Notre Dame team takes so much crap from everyone. They're, they're a good team. Like hats off to them. Like they played two games against each other within the last five years, and both came down to the last possession of the game. Like those are great, great football games. Now I think this Notre Dame team is better than nineteen. I don't know if they're better than seventeen. They're not better than seventeen talent wise, but they're probably a better like position and condition program, especially going from year one of a strength program with Matt Bayless back in seventeen to right. now. Um, they're playing their best ball in November instead of their worst ball in November. I do think Georgia's on another level than they were, at least from 19. 17's team was an all-time defense and, frankly, should have won the national championship. But it's So it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but it would still be very exciting, although the other ones are more intriguing because it would be something different, be something new. And to your point, Notre Dame, whether they're Vegas favorite or not, they're the like they've been there before. They've prepared for games on these stages with that amount of preparation time. And every single time someone gets there the first time, whether it's Notre Dame or someone else, and they lose, you always hear like, "What would you have done differently? Like, did you properly practice? Did you do this? Did you that do that?" Um, Notre Dame has that 
playbook and they can tap into it for a third time in the last four years if they get to it. Michigan hasn't. Oklahoma State hasn't. Cincinnati, not, they haven't. Um, so, again, it's in some ways it's 07 all over again. It makes it very, very exciting. And, shoot, man, like, yeah, like I, I, I get the, you know, the hypotheticals you've thrown out earlier of would you rather win the New Year's Six or lose a playoff? Like, like I don't know. They're recruiting really well. The program's a great place, so I don't mean this to be like some like big referendum, but like I can't imagine a potential opportunity, a potential playoff opportunity for a program of Notre Dame or even Michigan's caliber like this one, where there might be only one team who you can look at top to bottom on that roster and say, "Holy shit, they're a lot better than us." Whereas in pretty much every single other championship stage, Notre Dame has been on. Yeah, it's like you had you had to beat Alabama twice, or you had to beat Clemson twice. Yeah. Like you had to beat that level of program two times this year, and the gap then was so much bigger than <clears throat> yeah. This year, here is to now. There's a path you you're just gonna have to beat that team once, and you might not have to beat that team to the national championship game, right? Which is which is in Indiana. Well, and that's also why. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. I did. Wow. 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 That's. Uh, I mean, I was going anyway because it was close, but. The hometown flavor, yeah. You almost forget Indianapolis is Notre Dame country, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Louisville and Kentucky like to stake their claims to that, too. Um, that's why I wouldn't – that's why Georgia would be the least attractive to me of those options, simply because, like, obviously the goal is to win a championship, but you got to win one game in the playoff before you win two. And Notre Dame has a better chance of winning one if it's against anyone other in Georgia. And – even if they lose to Georgia in a national title game this year, um, that would, uh, I don't know, that would, what? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, an, I'm imagining you in after the Cincinnati game saying, you know, even if Notre Dame loses <laughs> to Georgia in a national championship game, like I think you still have to give Notre Dame credit because, like, at that time, you'd be like, are you effing serious? Like, Notre Dame was so far away from that level of football. Uh, and the fact that, that this is even a conversation we can have here is is amazing to me. Yeah. I, I, Just, I, God, I, they were a million miles away from that. And I think every single person in that building, whether with a headset on or the helmet on, would would echo that, you know, times 100. Oh, yeah. That Cincinnati game. Like, are you effing kidding us? Like, we're not ready for for – you know, we weren't ready for Cincinnati. We're barely ready for Virginia Tech. Like, we're not ready for the playoff. Um, but here they are. They might get there. They might not. It's, again, I, I can't remember a conference championship weekend that Notre Dame's not playing in, which has these just so much uncertainty, so much hanging in the balance. That should be a story idea. Like, watch, not that Brian Kelly's ever going to hang with us, but. Chip Long would have. Um, I mean, stayed, like watch or watch with Tommy Reese. I'll or chug, a, chug a fifth of Jameson whiskey with him. Yeah, there, there you go. That's it's like, all right, well, this is how you want to party, BK. Like we he's can, getting, we he's can party getting like ready that. for Ireland. I know it's only it's two years away, but <laughs> never too early. No, that would. I mean, it's, it would be fascinating to sort of see how Notre Dame processes next Saturday because you have four games. I don't know the the kick times of all those games, but um, four games that will all have serious S- S- serious SEC. stakes sec is day acc oh no we don't care about SEC. sec's yeah. day I, big big, big 12, 12 is usually at noon big 12 is at noon 
AAC, SEC, is, SEC is late afternoon. I believe Big, AAC is Big too. Ten is also late afternoon. Um, oh, it is? It's not primetime yeah. soon? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm Okay. Noon Eastern is Baylor, Oklahoma. Four Eastern, Georgia, Alabama. Eight Eastern, Iowa, Michigan. So buckle up. You're going to be in what, front of your TV all day if you're a Notre Dame fan. When's Cincinnati? Cincinnati is at four Eastern. Um, say that runs concurrently with Georgia, Alabama. So a lot happening. There's the committee's excuse. I have already, we, we, I have we already, couldn't properly evaluate the group of five team because we were watching the SEC title game. I've already told, uh, Dinah and my kids, like, I know that I know you think the season just ended, but I'm watching football all next Saturday. Just, I'll, uh, I'm not to be disturbed. I'll be in Vegas. Do you think I could find anything to do there on a day like that? Yeah. I'm doing Pac 12 Friday. So I get that out of the way. And then, uh, yeah, you're not, fly, you're not flying out Saturday. No, I'm actually going to drive to uh, California to visit uh, my mother who just moved there. But I will uh, lovely be back the following week again in Vegas for the all right. all-time dinner and all the coaching carousels, which we barely even got to. But uh, yeah. next time we record, we'll save that for Wednesday. Um, yeah, because I, I got to get out of this press box because I got to make sure I hit it in and out before uh, heading back to the hotel. Um you're you're already in your comfortable. I'm eating. Uh, yeah, let's see what I got here: a Kona light and some like chicken and fries because the kitchen yeah. in the hotel was about to close, and I had to get something too. But I won't. Uh, yeah, I won't. I won't tell you the the name of the hotel that I'm staying at because it's gonna. It, I would say it's got a nice golf course that overlooks the Pacific Ocean and Half Moon Bay. So if you're, you got to get, you got to go, Pete. You got to leave. All right. If you, if you're down with hotels, you know where I'm staying. It's. Uh, it's the chef's kiss of hotels. So, all right. Man, on between that note, your seats last week, oh, your, man. your hotels this week, we're flying I'm private. Living. We're going to fly private Indianapolis for the yeah. Georgia Notre Dame national title game. Yeah. Most improved. It wasn't Notre Dame football. It was actually my media accommodations from Florida State to Stanford. Yeah, um, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> all right. So on that note, we're going to wrap up. I'm Pete Sampson. He's Matt Fortuna. You've been listening to another episode of The Shamrock. We'll be back Wednesday to talk playoff rankings, probably some coaching carousel. So thanks for being with us. Uh, We'll talk to you next time.